0: prophesied of a unique time on earth. Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Today is 17 June. It's Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week, and it's also Father's Day. So we send our love to any of the fathers out there that uh, uh, they would be blessed and encouraged by their families or have good memories of uh, family time together. And so uh, let's see here. We got a few things before I actually get into the update. The first is um, I want to thank David and Kim Boggs who came to our Thursday night Bible study. They attend the uh, Prophecy Update. Uh, They said they've been watching it for a couple of years, and they were up north of us, quite a drive Clearwater or St. Peter somewhere, and they came down just for the Bible study, and uh, so we want to thank them for that. It was a very wonderful time, and they were uh, wonderful people, gracious people, and then we uh, moved all the chairs so that we could have the carpet cleaned, and they stuck around and helped move the chair, so thank you for that, and Uh, We hope you come back and visit us sometime soon. And something I wanted to share with the people on the Prophecy Update. If you're a friend on Facebook, you have seen this, but a lot of people have never seen the the wonder of what God does in this world once a year in Sarasota, Florida, and other places around uh, Florida. And I don't know where else these bloom, but uh, at my house and at the mall that I take care of. We have what are known as night-blooming cirrus. And they are the most wonderful, most beautiful flowers you'll ever see in your life. And I thought that I would just share some pictures on the Prophecy Update of the night-blooming cirrus. So if you watch the update, I'll put those in there. And what happens is it's, it's a uh, cactus type of a plant. Then it looks like snakes, and they grow all over the side of certain trees, usually the pines, the cedars, and the um, uh, palm trees here in Florida. And only certain palm trees they'll climb up. But they climb up these trees, and like I said, it just looks like snakes. They're very unappealing to look at, and most people don't realize what they are. So they tear them off of these trees, and it, it, they yeah they have no idea. But for those of us that have lived here all of our lives and we know how Sarasota used to be, you'd start to see these little teeny, almost microscopic cotton balls start popping out of them about um, March. And over the next month and a half or so, maybe it's April, they start getting a little bigger and there's still a cotton ball. And they get about this big. And then all of a sudden, a, a thing that looks like your hand closed like this will start to come out of that cotton ball. And they keep coming out and they keep coming out until they get about this long. And what happens is they uh, will open. You'll know that they're going to open that night because they stand up. Instead of being down like this, they'll stand up. And you know that that night they're going to open. They open up when the sun goes down and only when the sun goes down. This is why most people don't know that these things have any value is because unless you pay attention at night, you're not going to see this. They open up. And they get as big, I have a picture of one on my stove, and it covers half of my stove. It's wow. massive. They uh, they get very, very large. They have the most beautiful, beautiful colors, and, and, and it's like a delicate tapestry that's inside of them, if you look closely. And what happens is when the sun starts to come up, just as the light comes up, they shut, and they wilt, and they die. And that flower o- only opens at one time, but every year they have one night where they are absolutely splendid and there it's scent? there is a scent that smells just like white chocolate the whole place if you walk around there so I put them at the mall where we have uh, trees facing where it's totally sun and they come out by the hundreds and it is so beautiful to see and I actually got to uh, witness to somebody because of that a girl that works at the vegan store which tells you they're a little liberal and you know anyway um, uh, I told her about these things and she actually came out that night to see them with another person and they said it was the most astonishing thing that they had ever seen in their life and the next day I said you know there's a God that created these things. And I explained to her about Jesus and how we know. And I even gave the symbolism because they're cactus and they've got thorns all over them. I said, the flower is like Jesus among the thorns of the people of the world. It's this beautiful, radiant thing. And you think of what uh, uh, Jesus said about the, uh, the flowers of the field being more splendid than Solomon in all of his glory. And it's true. They're absolutely beautiful. So I know I've talked a while about that, but I wanted to share that with the people online that have never understood You know, just instead of watching Prophecy Updates, you actually go out and look at the world around you and you'll see so much beauty, evidences of God's love for the people of the world. Uh, And then finally, I want to thank everybody that submitted a letter to the Superior Word for our church uh, to change the county ordinance or to stop them from changing the county ordinance because we had our final meeting on the issue this past Wednesday. The first meeting, I was so disheartened because it was online, you could watch it, and uh, there was no public input at the time, and the commissioners were adamant that this was going to be done away with and that they were going to do away with this, what they called archaic blue law. And with the providence of God above all else, and with the help of the people in the church, people in the Gulfgate community, and the people that sent in letters, that was a huge part of what happened. They sent in letters from all over the world. They were submitted to the county administrators, and one came about a week and a half ago after everything had been submitted. Maybe it's been two weeks now. It was from a girl in Australia, and so I gave read her letter. I said, I have one letter that I want to include in the record that was not included with what was submitted earlier. And so I read a letter from 21-year-old Laura Gibson from Australia. And they listened to that, and they asked a couple of questions. And uh, in the end, we had uh, a couple people that attend the church that uh, spoke And they sided with not allowing these bars next to churches and schools here in Sarasota. And uh, there was a couple of amendments. Vic had one that he wanted to make, and they they scribbled it out right away because it was a wonderful insight of his. But thank everybody that helped out with that. We will not have bars around churches in Sarasota, Florida, because of the response that was made. So thank you. Thank you. Our uh, first category now is, as always, Israel. From Ynet, this is something that made all the major news services, but if you uh, didn't see it, I thought it was interesting enough to include, I got it about a week and a half ago when only one one thing that I know of reported on it, and now everybody has, but it's um, IMS and the IAI develop a missile undetected by the enemy. The Israeli military industries or IMS and the Israel aerospace industries, the IAI, are currently at the final development stages of a new air-to-surface missile, the Rampage. The Rampage missile is designed to be be launched from a fighter uh, jet 150 kilometers away from the target, which is amazing, meaning it will not be detected by the enemy's detection and interception systems. The production process and sale of the 4.7-meter-long missile that weighs half a ton, including its rocket engine, has a relatively small warhead that weighs some 150 kilograms that will commence during the upcoming year. The IAF is likely to purchase the missile for its operational needs. Specifically, they need this for what? Can anybody think of what... Taking down, uh, yes, Iran in particular, nuclear plants if they have one, but this is, this is going to be a huge asset. It's a supersonic missile. It, um, the IAF is, um, here we go, among the missile features are its ability to control and monitor the extent of its shrapnel, which will make its strike surgical accurate, and with minimum collateral damage, despite the fact that the missile spends a lot of time in the air from the minute it is launched until it strikes its target. The missile's cost is about one-third of the cost of similar missiles being sold across the world. The Rampage already has a potential buyer. However, the IAI did not reveal its identity. The missile will be adjusted to all offense platforms, including the IAF's F-15, F-16, and F-35 fighter jets and will be used against anti-aircraft batteries, enemy's headquarters, armament storages, and logistics bases, among others. The missile's warhead will be guided by a GPS system, which will allow it to strike during the day as well as the night in any weather conditions, including fog and cloudiness go Israel it's a very wonderful thing that they've developed a third of the cost means that they may be cutting out some of our uh, missile uh, sales doesn't bother me a bit that means that our missile people have to just learn to be more efficient and bring down their costs which is what you know we believe in as a capitalist society where people compete so anyway good stuff the media line says Israel's GDP per capita surpasses that of anybody read this article what do you guys do all day just go golfing (laughs) surpasses that of think of a country that Israel's GDP surpassed just pick a country Mongolia way ahead of Mongolia I don't think we're at the US yet Japan believe it or not. yeah imagine that Israel officially surpassed Japan in terms of GDP per capita, which is calculated by dividing a country's total economic output by the number of its residents. According to the latest statistics compiled by the IMF, Israel's GDP per capita stands at $42,120, whereas Japan is $40,850. Nevertheless, Jerusalem's projected annual GDP of $373.75 billion is dwarfed by Tokyo's 5170000000000 trillion. They've got 160 million people in right. Japan, but it's the, the net worth or the uh, total, um, what do you call it, GDP by per capita is what's being counted here. So Japan has the world's... Third largest economy behind the United States and China, which have a GDP per capita of 62,150 for the U.S. and 10,090 for China, respectively. As regards some other Middle Eastern countries, Jordan has a GDP per capita of 5,840. Lebanon, 11,780. Saudi Arabia, 22,650. So they're a little more than half of Israel. And Qatar at, believe it or not, 66,200. The global average GDP per capita is 11,730. So it shows you that uh, they are doing really well in Israel. Qatar's is a inflated amount. Out because they have almost an entire oil economy and because of that the people get all kinds of uh, benefits from the oil economy but that just shows you that for a country that didn't exist just a few years ago I mean 70 years is not that long they have really moved up in the world yeah no it's not somebody said so I wonder what that means um, from Ynet Israel holds joint Air Force exercise with Greece. Here they've gone up to, last week we talked about two of their exercises, the one in the Pacific and one up in uh, uh, Europe, and now 40 fighter jets participate in training, which took place in Greece and included simulated attacks in unknown territories. Pilots also practice multi-front attacks with flights taking place during both day and night. Good job, Israel and Greece. From Ynet, Netanyahu I'm so mad at this one. I just almost don't want to read it. I like Benjamin Netanyahu. I'm a big supporter of the guy. But when I read this, I was so mad. I was so upset that I thought, I I, I just, yeah. Netanyahu boasts Israel is the only Middle Eastern country that welcomes gays. You know, it remind, as soon as I read that, the very first thing I thought was Ezekiel 36. Yet not for the, your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have blasphemed among the nations wherever you've gone. They, they've done it for years. They continue to do it. They profane God's name in 100,000 ways. And I'm not picking on Israel. I support Israel. It's just like America, though. We do the same thing. We profane the name of the Lord in our capitals nowadays, in our schools. But Israel should be the standard of honoring God. They bear his name, Israel. And yet he goes out and he says this, and I I just was so upset at Netanyahu. Addressing an American Jewish committee gathering, Prime Minister extols Israel's economic and social achievements, lauding its robust democracy and equal rights afforded to all religions and minorities. Good job. I'm, I'm proud of you there. This is the only one place in the Middle East where gays walk proudly. I'm not proud of you there. You call uh, spade a spade, and that's what you do, and they have they have gone down the wrong path with this issue, just like America has. It's disgusting. From Ynet, over 250,000 people celebrate gay pride at Tel Aviv Parade. There you go. Every year they have it, and 250,000 showed up this year, and they just put it right in the face of... God, who they bear his name. I just, it really upsets me. From Haaretz, I know she's not Israeli, but she is Jewish, and she's gross. Ginsburg pens impassioned dissent of ruling, which is siding with Baker, who refused to service gay couple. So she's taken the same stand as all of these other liberals and these people that want to support the gay issues, and she's gross. Anyway, I thought a couple years ago she was going to punch her ticket, but she's still hanging around there. And, uh, you know, it was good, though, because at the time when she had the cancer, our previous president was president, and uh, that would have been a disaster. So anyway, from the Times of Israel, good to close on a couple of good notes about Israel, Israel, Russia's relief to volcano struck Guatemala. Good job. How many countries have done that? I don't know, but probably not many. And then from the Jerusalem Post, Israeli team using special enzyme to treat volcano burns in Guatemala. An Israeli medical team dispatched to Guatemala last week to treat victims of a devastating volcano there. We're using a special enzyme developed at Soroka University Medical Center in Beersheba to treat the wounded, a foreign ministry spokesman said. The enzyme was brought to the country by the team of specialists and facilitates the speedy recovery of burns and reduces the need for surgery. The team, made up of 10 experts in treating burns and respiratory diseases, arrived in the Central American country Thursday evening and began seeing patients on Friday. So they got right to work. It was very much needed. And uh, Israel, you know, they're, they're repaying a debt, though, because Guatemala was one of the countries that says we're moving our embassy. So, uh, but I think they would have done it anyway. They always offer help, even to Iran, when Iran has an earthquake, and Iran always says no, but they've gone to Tibet. They've gone, everywhere there's a catastrophe in the world, Israel is one of the first to respond, always. So good job, Israel, on that. Bad job on the other issue. From Christian News today, from Tech Times... A lot of you have read this, I know, because I've gotten a lot of emails from you on it, but it is still worth reading. Massive genetic study reveals 90% of Earth's animals appeared at the same time. Oh. Yay! And guess what? They're going to find out that their study is still short, and they're going to have to get this down even more and more as the days go by, but it is astonishing that they made this, uh, they made this claim. Landmark new research that involves analyzing millions ...of DNA barcodes has debunked much about what we know today about the evolution of species, which there is no such thing other than what we would call microevolution, which is a small adaptation. But anyway, um, in a massive genetic study, senior research associate at the Program for Human Environment at Rockefeller University... It's not some Christian university. Mark Steckel, I think is how you pronounce it, uh, and University of Basel geneticist David Thaler discovered that virtually 90% of all animals on Earth appeared at right around the same time. More specifically, they found that nine out of 10 animal species on the planet came to being at the same time as humans humans did oh. yes and it says here's where they got it wrong and they will get this right eventually but they said hundred to two hundred thousand years ago so much for the evolutionary model you can take that model and you can toss it right out on its ear because the dinosaurs guess what they weren't around mi- hundreds or tens of million years ago everything came about at the same time they are starting to learn this it's wonderful this conclusion is very surprising said Taylor. I fought hard against it as I could. So he, he's an honest person saying that I just didn't want to believe this, right? In analyzing of the COI of 100,000 species, Steckel and Taylor arrived at the conclusion that most animals appeared simultaneously. Well, oh, how could that happen, right? I, Just pick up your Bible, go to the first chapter, and start reading, folks. They found that the neutral mutation across species were not as varied as expected. Neutral mutation refers to the slight DNA changes that occur across generations. They can be compared to tree rings because they can tell how old a certain species or individual is. As to how that could have happened... It's unclear. Well, like I said, you pick this up, you believe it, and then you will, you know, we were talking about um, people's opinions about uh, the names of God that you were mentioning a while ago. And it came to mind as soon as you brought up one of them is that uh, uh, Johannes Kepler said, science is thinking God's thoughts after him. In other words, God has laid everything out. All we need to do is say, I'm going to pick up this book, and I'm going to follow after him. I'm going to keep it in context, though, so I don't make some crazy deductions about particular issues that people want to believe. I'm going to keep this in context, and I will think God's thoughts after him. And that's what all of the great scientists have done. All of them. They have all said, I am a Christian. I'm going to pursue this creator and how he has revealed himself. And it always comes out correctly. When you don't, you end up putting your foot in your mouth and saying, I didn't want to believe this, but I have to now. Right? Anyway, um, you've got the tree rings, blah, blah, blah. A likely possibility is the occurrence of a sudden event that caused large-scale environmental trauma and wiped out majority of Earth's species. Such times give rise to sweeping genetic changes across the planet, causing new species to appear. However, the last time such an occurrence took place was 65 million years ago, which they make up a date because they have no idea about that, and they just push it back, right? But when an asteroid hit the Earth and killed off the dinosaurs and half of all other species on the planet. So what they've done is they've said, we believe this now, but we still want to believe that. And so we're going to push all of that back, 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 65 million years. And so we don't have to face reality with this issue. But they will eventually or they will face the Lord and yeah. he will say, you know what? You had no faith. You didn't believe me. There's wonderful stuff here from BBC. Irish Presbyterians vote to loosen I can't believe it. Somebody's making a right moral choice in churches today. Loosen Scottish church ties. I talked about the Scottish church a little while ago. Well, they didn't like it either. The Presbyterian church has voted to loosen its ties with the Church of Scotland due to its more liberal attitude to same-sex relationships. The vote was passed by 255 votes to 171, which tells you there are 171 brain-dead people. <laughs> the result means the head of the Church of Scotland, the moderator, will no longer be invited to the annual meeting of the General Assembly in Belfast. The current moderator, the, I'll, they say Reverend Susan Brown, she's not, so um, we'll just leave that out. Uh, there, there's your problem right there. That's the beginning of your problem, was there for the vote. She appealed for no change to the links between the churches, but the vote went against her. Following the vote, the Reverend Brown said she was saddened by the vote and that in agreeing on everything was not what Jesus required of Christians. She has never, never read this book. I guarantee it. She's never read it from front to back. And even if she has, which I doubt, she has not taken it in context and she has not seen the Lord revealed who is righteous and just as well as loving. There you go. Um, It goes on, the committee concluded, in light of our understanding of scripture and the church's understanding of a credible profession of faith, it is clear that the same-sex couples are not eligible for communicant membership, nor are they qualified to receive baptism for their children. And then they make a little bit of a mistake here. In their statement, they say, we believe. What's the matter with that? Doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what you think. The only thing that matters is what the word of God says, right? When Billy Graham preached, whether you like him or not, he always said, the Bible says. The Bible says, right? But it has to be taken in context because people say the Bible says this and it's as nutty as a football bat. So you've got to keep the Bible in context. We believe that their outward conduct and lifestyle is at variance with a life of obedience to Christ. You didn't need to say that. All you need to do is say the Bible says that their outward conduct and lifestyle is at a variance with a life of obedience to Christ. That's all you need to do. From the whitehouse.gov. Statement from the Office of the Vice President. This is something I reported on, oh, seven or eight months ago. I can't remember exactly when. They're going to support the Christians and the Yazis that have been affected. You know, the Muslims went over and killed all of them. They've been taking away their homes, and now... Our administration has come in and said we're not going to allow that anymore. You can almost hear how angry Vice President Pence is in this, and he starts actually mandating things. Listen to this. President Trump and Vice President Pence made restoring the rights and property of Iraq's Christian and Yazidi communities, who were nearly wiped out by ISIS' genocidal campaign against them, a top and unceasing priority of their administration. To save what remains of these ancient and proud peoples, President Trump directed the U.S. government to stop using slow, ineffective, and wasteful United Nations programs and to instead distribute assistance through U.S. aid. I told you about that some months ago in order to provide faster and more direct aid to Christian and Yazidi communities in Iraq. While progress has been made to help these beleaguered people, there is more to do to fulfill the commitments made to them and not to mention our own consciences. You can see how angry it is that these people have been dragging their heels. The vice president will not tolerate bureaucratic delays in implementing the admin's vision to deliver the assistance we promised to the people we pledged to help. You can see these liberals out there, and they're just dragging their heels and are saying, we're not going to do this. We're going to take care of all of the other people, but we're not going to take care of the Christians. And you can you can see the anger in here, and he is saying, we're not going to take it. He is directing them to get off of their dusts. We promised to the people we pledged to help. The vice president directed U.S. aid administrator Mark Green to travel to Iraq in the coming weeks to report back with an immediate comprehensive assessment addressing any issues that could delay the process of aid distribution. Thank you for the president that we have. Thank you for the vice president that we have. Can you imagine anything even like that coming out? Three years ago, let's say a prayer. I was driving to uh, to uh, church this morning at about seven something, and I was thanking the Lord for our President. So let's pray for that guy. Heavenly Father, it is so good to be under a President that understands the need of the people of this world, the people that are being persecuted the most, and especially in this case, the Christians over there that have just been butchered to no end. And, Lord, I would ask that you would prompt these people to to get the aid needed for these people over there and that the wheels would be moving smoothly and without any trouble and that – Uh, additionally, that you would protect our president and our vice president and keep them from the harm that is being levied against them in so many ways, and that you would just guide them, give them wisdom, give them the ability to make right decisions at all times, and, Lord, be glorified through this nation as led by our leaders. I pray this. We all pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. you just, boy, I'm driving over here thinking about them and how much abuse that man has taken in the past couple of months, especially. (laughs) And yet he just gets up every day and he keeps going. Thank God for President Trump. Let's see here from Islam today. 23 June in Munich. You know who's in Munich, our brother Lothar. Okay. Two former imams are going to preach at three locations. Okay. Lothar asked for prayer. These are you know what you you hear something like that and it doesn't really mean that much to you until he sent me the photo of these two imams now these are people that used to be at enmity with Jesus Christ and somehow the Lord turned their hearts and now they put their life at risk every time they go out to speak because they're converts from Islam and the penalty for that is death okay but these Two men are going out to three locations in Munich where all the Muslims are and they're going to be speaking about this and he has asked for prayer for them. And I got to tell you what a marvelous thing. Lothar is there, he's with them. He always witnesses to these Muslims. So even though Islam is a corrupt religion, even though they are are, you know, uh, opposed to the things of God, they are human beings created in his image. And so somebody is making a stand and so we're going to have one more prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that these two men are there to do their job for the Lord Jesus Christ and that they have made a commitment to him and they are willing to speak about the glory of Jesus Christ and what he has done in our world. And so give them strength, give them safety, and give them prosperity as they preach to many people and bring many people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Islam, Jerusalem Post, bypassing regime, Netanyahu offers water tech to Iranians. I don't know if you saw this, but it was very well done. He g- does his weekly address, and he sits there with his very formal coat and tie, and he's got the Israel flag behind him. And this time, he starts out by he's got a cup here and a pitcher of water over here, and he pours it and starts drinking, and you're, what's this guy up to? Here you go. Um, the Iranian regime shouts, death to Israel, and in response, Israel shouts, life to the Iranian people. Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu went over the heads of the Iranian regime with a message delivered via social media directly to the Iranian public. Today I'm going to make an unprecedented offer to Iran. It relates to water. The Iranian people are victims of a cruel and tyrannical regime that denies them vital water. And we've reported on this. They have terrible water problems over there. They've lost reservoirs. They've lost rivers. And they need help. Israel stands with the people of Iran, and that is why I want to save countless Iranian lives. Netanyahu explained that Iran's meteorological organization has said that nearly 96% of Iran suffers from some level of drought. And after highlighting Israel's achievements in water management, Netanyahu offered to help. Sadly, Iran bans Israelis from visiting, so we'll have to get creative. We will launch a Farsi website with detailed plans on how Iranians can recycle their wastewater. We will show how Iranian farmers can save their crops and feed their families. (coughs) The people of Iran are good and decent. They shouldn't have to face such a cruel regime alone. We are with you. We will help so that millions of Iranians don't have to suffer. The hatred of Iran's regime will not stop the respect and friendship between our two peoples. Good job. Netanyahu, after that terrible thing he did earlier that I reported on, at least he did something good here. From the Times of Israel, IDF destroyed Hamas' undersea tunnel for the first time in last week's airstrikes. And not only did they get a tunnel that went around into Egypt and then back into Israel, they've also destroyed one that was under sea. It's rather interesting. The Israeli military bombed a previously unknown variety of Hamas tunnel in the Gaza Strip, one that extended into the sea and was apparently meant to be used by the terror group's elite naval forces to carry out attacks from the coast. The Hamas base was located approximately three kilometers from the Israeli border. The tunnel in question did not cross the border into Israeli territory, but instead extended dozens of meters underwater into the sea. The military believes the tunnel was meant to allow frogmen from Hamas's elite naval unit to travel from their base on the shore into the sea underground and thus undetected. Very interesting. From there, they could travel underwater to their Israeli targets. We know that it was an operational tunnel that has been used or at least trained in before. The tunnel was discovered after extensive intelligence work, both by naval intelligence and military intelligence. Very, very interesting. Staying on top of things in Israel. From the Times of Israel, G7 leaders, except Trump... Vowed to keep nukes out of Iran's hands. You can tell that a lefty wrote this because they completely misused what they were saying, but I'll read it anyway. G7 leaders pledged to ensure Iran's nuclear program remains peaceful in a joint statement between the U.S. and European allies, angered by Donald Trump's pullout from an internationally agreed accord. We are committed to permanently ensuring that Iran's nuclear programs remain peaceful, in line with its international obligations and commitments to never seek, develop, or acquire a nuclear weapon, the leader said in the statement. We condemn all financial support of terrorism, including terrorist groups sponsored by Iran. So what happened is Trump said it was a part of a a statement that they were all supposed to sign in a general way. And he's like, we've already pulled out of this agreement. We are not going to commit ourselves to that. We're going to actually try to get rid of their nukes instead of going the route that you guys are going. And so whoever wrote that article says that Trump didn't support it. Well, it's because it's not to be supported. It's something crazy. Anyway, I'm going to read the last sentence again and then we'll go on. We condemn all financial support of terrorism, including terrorist groups sponsored by Iran. Okay, that was their G7 minus us statement. From the Times of Israel. First, Hezbollah flags to fly unimpeded at London anti-Israel march. So one of the G7 allowed Hezbollah, a recognized terrorist organization, to fly their flags unimpeded in their country. So you see the hypocrisy. Next article, Washington Free Beacon. Iran admits to facilitating 9-11 terror attacks. They said they're not going to support in any way a nation that is tied to terrorism. Now, they've come out and they've said that we are a terrorist nation, and we also know that they are sending support to Hezbollah. They're sending it to Hamas. So they are completely, completely double standard. And there No wonder President Trump didn't want anything to do with it because they're crazy. Anyway, I'll read you the article. The remarks represent the first time senior Iranian officials have publicly admitted to aiding al-Qaeda and playing a direct role in facilitating the 9-11 attacks. The U.S. government has long accused Iran of playing a role in the attacks and even fined the Islamic Republic billions as a result. Those billions were handed back to them by our previous president, and so now we've got to play makeup with all the bombs and everything they've used that money on, but there you go. Mongolia this week... Before I uh, give you my Mongolia update, I want to show you something that my friend Joe Rossi up in Connecticut sent to me. I was so tickled when I got this in the mail this week. It is, look at this, Mongolian People's Republic money. I don't know where he got this thing, but I'm going to be like the ladies. Remember on the old commercials back in the 60s and ladies would show their, their... well, that's it. It's, isn't that wonderful? So I got Mongolian money here. Anyway, um, thank you, Joe. That is That, just, that made my day. That is going to go up right on the wall behind my desk. So there, wonderful. And people from time to time will ask, why do I report on Mongolia? What does it have to do with Bible prophecy? And the answer is nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's a country. It's to get us off of Bible prophecy for about three minutes every week and to get our minds on some place that we've never heard of or never been to. So there you go. Um, and it has pretty cool looking money. Xinhua says China, Russia, Mongolia vow to strengthen cooperation. The presidents of China, Russia, and Mongolia pledge to strengthen trilateral cooperation during their meeting this past Saturday. The three countries are neighbors and traditional strategic partners to each other and enjoy natural advantages and good foundation for cooperation. As the economic globalization and regional Economic integration deepen. the three countries should jointly pursue integrated win-win development and set an example of cooperation among neighboring countries, said Xi, who's the guy in China. Russia agreed to strengthen trilateral cooperation in transit, infrastructure, customs and tourism, and facilitate trade and personal exchanges, said Putin. Batulga, who is the Mongolian guy, said that it is Mongolia's top priority to take over the world. Okay, he didn't say that. (laughs) To develop friendly cooperation with the two permanent neighbors of China and Russia. So there you go. But I know they're trying to take over the world. Those Mongols, I know they are. From Daniel 12 Technology today. This is something that I know every person in here has always wanted to know. And I'm going to tell you now. This is something that I, I know that you lose sleep over this particular issue. And this is a technology issue par excellence. How much does it cost to use your turn signals? Yes. Stop. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. The figures come from the amount of energy turn signals use and then calculated against the cost of gas in a particular part of the world. When activating blinkers, a driver will use 70 watts per hour. Obviously, turn signals aren't lit for an hour. Taking averages and accounting for traffic lights, a driver will apply the blinker for about five seconds. Unless you're Charlie Garrett and you don't use it at all. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very sparse with my blinker use. Very sparse. If I know somebody's behind me and they need to benefit from it, I always use it. But otherwise, I figure, why bother? Because it costs a lot of gas and I'm not into spending that money. Okay, we'll go on. Um, In five seconds, so that brings the amount of energy to 0.08 watts for the five second duration. Mechanical energy from the internal combustion engine is turned into electric energy via the alternator, which has an efficiency of 70 to 80 percent. Working through more equations, we see the engine must burn. 0.00005 0.00005 liters of gasoline to produce 0.08 watts of electric energy for the turn signals to operate. Great. So how much does it all cost? A whopping 0.00004 cents in the U.S., where a gallon of gasoline costs $2.80. The annual cost is therefore. 30 cents I'm saving by not using my blinkers every year, okay? For those, but I don't drive that much, so I mean literally, I drive. You better use your arm signals. Yeah, arm signals, that's right. You know, I had a Morris Minor, which is one of the pictures that I'm including on there. Morris Minor is a British car. I brought it from Malaysia here to America, and they have a very unique turn signal. It's in the door, right behind the door, that that piece of metal. There's this little thing that pops out like arms, and they blink, 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 and then they go back down. Yeah, so anyway, I had one of those. Um, How much did that, cost? Yeah. Uh, that was expensive to redo that car was no, I'm expensive about those oh that's that's probably like um, thirty cents a year that's probably up to like a buck a year yeah, I mean, those right. Morse mine are very inefficient Man. yeah uh, for those living in states where gasoline is cheaper under 220 per gallon the figure comes <laughs> out to about twenty one cents a year in the major European uh, countries of the United Kingdom France and Germany it costs fifty seven cents per year it's mm-hmm. cheapest in Russia however, where it costs only 26 cents and my thought is now let's take all of that and add it up to all the people that are driving around the world that is global warming you talk about getting rid of global warming cut out blankers, okay (laughs) mail online you wanted to know that I know that you'll sleep better because of that Mail online, noise-canceling earbuds that can block out your partner's snoring. Yes, they have them now. They block low-frequency sounds and have sleeping and hearing modes. The designers analyzed hundreds of types of snoring and used a built-in speaker to emit a sound designed to drown out audio irritations below 500 hertz. So if you got somebody that you uh, uh, gives you grief with their snoring then uh, there you go. I won't say that Hedico snores ever. I won't say that. I, I can't believe No, I don't think she does. Anyway, I sleep pretty well. Yeah, snore, and We got eight of them They're sleeping oh around us. So God. yeah, maybe they don't cancel out that noise. Yeah, eight little chihuahuas out there making all these noises all night. Revelation Plagues. Science News says, Gulf of Mexico dead zone. For ca- Do you all know about the dead zone in the Gulf? It's down. um, Comes out of the Mississippi River with all of that pollution that goes down it, and the fertilizer and everything. It gets into the Gulf around uh, Louisiana, and there's a dead zone. Here, here we go. It's been there for years, but it's really getting big. Scientists have. uh, Let me read the title: Gulf of Mexico dead zone forecasted to exceed the size of Connecticut. Scientists have predicted the dead zone or area with little or no oxygen in the northern Gulf of Mexico will become larger than the state of Connecticut by the end of July, according to a new report. While there are more than 500 dead zones around the world, the northern Gulf of Mexico dead zone is the second largest human-caused coastal hypoxic area in the world. Yes, it's getting bad there. Omaha Herald, CDC, suicides increased by more than 30% since 1999 in half of the states. More than a decade of steadily rising rates have made suicide the nation's 10th leading cause of death and one of only three causes of death including Alzheimer's, disease, and drug overdoses that are increasing in the United States, according to the CDC. Excuse me. Suicide trends in 27 states found that many victims acted after relationship problems or loss, Substance misuse physical health problems or job money legal or housing stress in 2016 which is the year that Emerson Lake and Palmer uh, which one was it? Emerson I think uh, the keyboardist he shot himself in 2016 Um, in 2016 nearly 45,000 Americans 10 or older died by suicide. The increases were particularly stark in the inner mountain west, including Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Utah, North and South Dakota, Kansas, Minnesota, and Oklahoma. Between 1999 and 2016, suicide rates in these states, along with Vermont, New Hampshire, and South Carolina rose 38% to 58%. Guns were used in roughly half the suicides, which, just so you know, little squiggle for your brain, when they say all these uh, gun deaths in America every year, they include suicide, okay? So you are getting a false representation, and then, just so you know, if you took out all of the gun-related crimes in the liberal states, Chicago, Detroit, the ones that do all the gun crimes, we're like the second safest nation on the planet, It's liberals that cause gun problems. It's not having guns. So we're we're, go watch the video. The guy I can't remember his name. He did this wonderful video on all the statistics of gun crimes. And you take get get rid of the liberal statistics, and it is one of the safest nations on the planet. And yet we have more guns in this nation than any place on this planet. So they they just don't like the fact that. uh, So they report all these things inaccurately. Anyway, we'll go on. uh, let's see, your suffocation, including hanging, was the next most common method, followed by poisoning. Opioids were present in 31% of those who died by suicide. So I've got another article I'll read next week if uh, I have time, which deals with exactly that part of this issue. So uh, if you're taking opioids, I've got a friend that emailed me after I brought it up a couple times, and he says I have to take them. He's, uh, I won't give his specifics, but he is a person that has done things for this nation. I'll leave it at that. He is always in pain because of it, and he must take them. But uh, if you are not needing to take it other than for a very short time, I would not get into it because they cause all kinds of mental problems and people are killing themselves by these things. From Morality this week, mail online. Violent crime and poverty placed Detroit, Flint, St. Louis, and Las Vegas as the worst cities in America to live in, all liberal. And it's not good for LeBron's Cleveland. The study examined 600 cities in the U.S. with populations over 50,000. It looked at education, health, crime, property prices, income, and other factors. Each city was then given a score, and the 50 worst picked out from the results. Detroit, Michigan, Flint, Michigan, and St. Louis, Missouri are the three worst. I checked the top 50, I looked at the list, and almost every one of them, if not every one of them, is a liberal city. I finally stopped, I got tired of asking, is this city liberal or conservative? But almost every single one of them, if not every one of them, was a liberal city. The poison, cancer, cancer in our society. Telegraph, baby born to transgender man, could become the first person without a legal mother. Lawyers representing the parent told a judge that he had been biologically able to get pregnant and gave birth, but had legally become a man when the child was born. The man wants to be identified as the child's father or parent on a birth certificate. Yeah, however, a birth register told the man the law requires people who give birth to children to be registered as mothers. The man has since taken legal action. Where do you think this is going to end up? Because I can already tell you. Taken legal action against the body set up to administer statutory provisions relating to the registration of births and deaths after complaining of discrimination. He said forcing him to register as a child's mother breached his human right. To respect for private and family life which that's the person to put his family and private life out all over the world in the first place so absolutely a lie there the judge said the issue had never been raised in a court in England and Wales before he added that if the man won his fight uh, ministers might have to change the law the ministers in parliament will have to change the law because of this sick individual that should be in an insane asylum and the child taken away fortune magazine take that trump Maryland governor candidate gives same-sex kiss in a campaign ad first, so they're bragging about it. Yeah, right on, right on. We have to watch that on a TV as these people doing this. Mail Online, Twitter boss Jack Dorsey apologizes over eating a Chick-fil-A during Pride Month after anger over fast food chain views on gay marriage. So now you have to apologize for eating Chick-fil-A if you're a gay, right? It's absolutely crazy. Our other category. The download, America's, isn't this terrible? I mean, it's just unreal how bizarre people have become. Anyway, uh, the download says, America's new supercomputer beats China's, yes, fastest machine to take title of the world's most powerful. We are one. We are, Okay. The, the winner, the U.S. Department of Energy's Oak Ridge National Laboratory in Tennessee has taken the wraps off Summit which boasts peak computing power of 200 petaflops or 200 million billion calculations in a second. That makes it a million times faster than your typical laptop. The loser China summit is 60% faster than the previous uh, supercomputing leader, the Sunway Taihu Light, based in the Chinese city of Wuzhi, I guess is how you pronounce it. AI Smarts Summit is the first supercomputer designed from the ground up to handle machine learning, neural networks, and other AI applications. That sounds just like um, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um oh, yeah. Terminator, thank you. It sounds just like it. And many thousands of AI-optimized chips from NVIDIA and IBM can handle demanding tasks, such as crunching through mountains of reports and medical images to help unearth hidden causes of disease. And supersized the machine's 4,608 servers and associated gear fill the space of two tennis courts and weigh more than a large commercial aircraft. Why this matters. Topping the supercomputing charts isn't just a matter of national pride. The machines are widely used in industry and also for national security tasks, such as, what is the main one they use this for? Tracking codes. Well, even above that, it is for developing nuclear weapons because we have the nuclear weapon test uh, ban around the world, right? So we can no longer test nuclear weapons. So now they will test them in supercomputers. This is what they designed them for. And so they can test them. What will be the yield? What will be the expected this and that? What will be the fallout? And that is one of the main uses, and it should be obvious by Oak Ridge National Laboratory, right? Mm -hmm. It is one of the main things is they can now simulate a nuclear detonation and if we add in this much deuterium or whatever or a terlionium, or they put it in there and <laughs> what kind of fallout comes out of it, right? Yeah, so um, That's uh, not as accurate as their weather predictions for the next 100 years. Yeah, their weather predictions, exactly. If it's that bad we are in big trouble with those nukes. Exactly, thank you. Um, let's see here, so um, nuclear weapons, lessons from Summit will also inform the push to create exascale computers capable of handling a billion, billion calculations a second. These are expected to come online as early as the early 2020s. From the Daily Caller, I I know everybody saw this, but I'm going to read it anyway because I laughed when I read it and I'm going to laugh again when I, at least inside. George Soros complains, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. Good. Soros made the comment in an interview with the Washington Post. He also said that he did not expect Trump's election saying, apparently I was living in my own Bubble. Ha! <laughs> the activist billionaire, a lot of people were in their own bubble. The activist billionaire also made the bizarre claim that President Trump would be willing to destroy the world. When he's the guy that is the destroyer of life, he is a horrible human being. From Fox News, weeping Dennis Rodman praises Trump's meeting with friend Kim Jong Un, blasts Obama for ignoring him, and guess what? He was wearing a MAGA hat when he did it. Make America great again. Good job. Zero Hedge, my son just walked in. Happy Father's Day to me. Good to see you there, son. Let's see here. Zero Hedge, small business euphoric about Trump as optimism soars to 34-year highs. Good job, President Trump. The May Small Business Optimism Index increased to the second-highest level in the NFIB survey's 45-year history, raising to 107.8 from 104.8, the highest level in 34 years. Who was the president then? Probably Reagan. That would be my guess. With small business reporting high numbers in several key areas, including compensation, profits, and sales trends amid euphoria over Trump's economic fiscal and tax policies. Thank you, President Trump. From Mail Online, Supreme Court rules Ohio can strike voters from registration rolls if government thinks they've died or moved because they skip elections and don't confirm where they live. Good job. Ohio election boards can remove voters from their rolls if they haven't voted in several years and ignore requests to confirm their addresses. This will now become standard in every conservative state in the nation, and it will be completely ignored by every liberal state. Mark my words. Uh, It says, um, Florida. Florida. Florida especially needs to do this because we have a half-year population, and I know that 99.3267% of the liberals that are up there that come down here vote in both of those elections. I know they do. The other .00 whatever percent wants to, but they can't figure out how to, okay? They are deceitful. They, they, I, I hope that we do this, and I hope we do it in Florida very soon. It'll cut out a lot of what's going on. It says... Um, State officials say leaving registration on the books for people who have died or moved to another state invites fraud. Liberal groups argued that it violated the Voting Rights Act, which was intended to expand, not shrink, registration rules. Yeah, expand them in favor of them. But the Supreme Court upheld the practice known as voter caging on Monday by a 5-4 to margin. Thank you. Okay, Mail Online. Honeybees understand the concept of anybody this is very. this is really actually very interesting the concept of zero but human children still can't quite grasp it scientists from Australia and France taught honeybees that zero is less than one studies show that bees have a mathematical ability previously thought to exist only in dolphins primates birds and humans older than toddlers trained bees to fly to signs with fewest symbols to receive a reward, and the bees figured it out. They can calculate zero. You know, we didn't have a zero in mathematics until... I I watched that thing called Mass. If you ever want to watch the history of math, watch it on, you can watch it Netflix and some of these other things. It's called Mass. He's a British guy. He's an atheist. He doesn't believe in in anything normal, but he's very good with math. And he said that the first zero that they know of existed was found on the side of a, a wall in a Hindu temple in India. And that was like, you know, the time of Alexander's conquest or something. They did not know what a zero was in Mass it may have been further back than that. I don't remember. I don't want to misquote that, but it, it is not an easy thing to grasp as the number zero, okay? Many um, forms of mathematics don't have a zero at all, so, but we're used to it, so we get it. But unless you have it explained to you, you just don't get it. So here we go. Um, why is it that young kids have trouble understanding zero? Next article, Mail Online. Young people really are getting more stupid. <laughs> IQ's yes, IQs have started to fall by 7 points per generation in pretty worrying trend, scientists discover. It's true. IQs have risen every decade since World War II but now have begun to fall again. I wonder why. Yes. Scientists say the trend started by those born after 1975 is pretty worrying. Study comes after earlier research showed eating fish increases IQ levels. So those born after 1975. Son, when were you born? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I love you, son. Okay, let's see here. Uh, I got a last trick for you. Let's uh, see if you can figure out which one we're talking about. It befalls us as part of the curse that we signal our turns for the worse. It makes sense, by the way, with our lives we will pay when we think of the blink on the hearse. Oh. Good job, Les. <laughs> they, they, they've got those. Those uh, Les and his wife. They've just got great brains. Oh my goodness. Our irony and odd for the week. I call. I got three of them for you. I call them trumped. Okay, all three of them. Weasel zippers. Here's the shot. Pelosi dismisses low unemployment rate because consumer confidence is low. Here's the chaser. Consumer confidence is near 18-year high. There you go. From the Washington Times, Rob Reiner. If this one doesn't make you want to just, I don't know what will. Rob Reiner says, he's meathead from, uh, okay. Rob Reiner, Trump, first president supported by the mainstream media. Oh, yes. The guy's living in la-la land. Oh, my goodness. And then from Fox, Trump identifies reporter by question he asked. He asked the question, the guy, he said, I figured. Fake news, CNN. Good job, Trump. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, where they've got some pretty cool money. I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.